When one tugs at a single thing in nature, he finds it attached to the rest of the world. 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 When one tugs, solid uh you know at least an hour not straight like various times giving like 20 minutes here 15 minutes there i couldn't come up with anything for more than like 10 seconds of boop 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 boop, boop, boop. like there's really no point in me playing anything for you guys <laughs> wow we're getting things started off quickly <laughs> yeah we are <laughs> uh, can you, guys... you tell we're rusty at this folks? <laughs> do you guys hear me too loud in your earbuds or whatever I got uh, a new set of headphones for my birthday. Oh, thanks yeah. to uh, my fiance. Fiance. She got me some JBLs. So. Yo, speaking yeah. of fiance, let's hold up. Let's do this first. Welcome to the Tugcast, everybody, where roughly every week or so we try our hand at a social experiment, a skill, a challenge, and then we discuss the experience. And that's not all. At the end of every episode, in a segment we like to call the B side, we take some time to review a form of pop culture, whether it's a show, movie, app, or anything else review worthy. I'm joined by I'm joined wow by my lovely co-host from just down the street. This needs to be changed, <laughs> Mr. Phil and D. <laughs> Yeah, what's up? Recording live from my nursery. Woo! Spoilers. <laughs> and from all the way down Trans-Canada Highway in Toronto, we have Mr. Gregory Sam. How's it going, everybody? Hey. Tugcast comes to you completely free, so all that we ask is that you share, like, leave a comment, or, you know, send us uh, an email at uh, tugcastmtl at gmail.com or on any of our various social medias at the Tugcast. You can find us most places, or you can look for Johnny Saw on Facebook where most of our um, interactive posts take place. So, we haven't recorded in a minute. Like, the uh, the bird watching pod went up two months late, so we recorded last, guys, at the beginning of the summer. Now we're looking at close to middle or end of September. Lots have changed with us. Do you guys want to cover some of the things? Specifically you, Greg. Do you want to share with the listeners anything big in your life that you alluded yep. to earlier? I am speaking to you from my nursery. Uh, uh, <laughs> Greg reverted back to a baby. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I got engaged this summer, guys. Woo! Bravo, yeah, man! Big big things are happening. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a grown up man. Um, it, it took a while, but it it finally happened, and uh, I couldn't be happier about it. 
Congratulations from uh, all our listeners. They wrote in. All two of them. <laughs> Your mom and mine. Even, even the sex bots? The even sex the sex bots. bots. <laughs> they said, if you would like to further read your congratulations, put your Visa card number in. Um, uh, the so, sex bots are t- turning off the pod now that all of us will be happily married or in lifetime relationships. And then we'll finally start clicking on the links. <laughs> Um, so just for the listeners at home, in terms of time jumps, I think the last pod we might have announced that, that Phil was about to have, was, was, well, his wife was pregnant, and now she's about, what, Phil, three, four weeks away? Yeah, uh, four weeks away, I'd say. Wow. Actually, sorry, no, uh, one, two, I'm looking right at a calendar, about three and a half weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and I think intense. I... Uh, I announced yeah. that I had bought a house and I've been living here for a few months now. <laughs> Still the kind of boxes everywhere, but we're getting things done. So lots are happening. If ever, uh, you know, you're the type of person that listens to a pod or one of our pods right when it comes out, that is the reason for all the delays. Life, man. And you know what? We celebrate yeah. life on this pod. We celebrate experiences. And so it's kind of hard to try different experiences when the experiences we're going through take 90% of our time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No. Fuck anyone who who's getting in our face about how long it's taken to yeah. do a pod. Bill unfiltered. <laughs> Let me talk yeah, to you. that'll be it. That'll be it for today. They'll get they'll get me started on, on fucking assembling baby furniture now. <laughs> I will say this. Phil hosted a party recently, uh, and uh, his nursery room is beautiful in fact he's more advanced than i am and my baby is nine months old tomorrow (laughs) i'll 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 say this my baby has nicer things right now than i personally have ever owned in my life (laughs) (laughs) that's impressive and and you'll be able to read him some story time uh, tales based on your uh, your writing skills we all know this (laughs) oh yeah well you can write your own children's stories Okay, guys. So this is, uh, like I said in the intro, this is a podcast where we try something, uh, usually for about a week, and uh, then we come back and we talk about how it affected our week, how we did things. Phil alluded to, you know, his shortcomings. He's been quite busy, as you can tell. So, Phil, why don't we start with you? Go ahead, say the same thing you basically said in our intro, but I probably had music blasting for these poor listeners so they didn't hear. What did we do this week, Phil, and what was your problem with it? All right. Well, the challenge was to make a beat and to play it over the pod right do i have that correct yeah correctly yeah, yeah. okay the the challenge was to put on our production hats and uh take a stab at making a beat that we would be proud of and share on the pod yeah exactly, exactly. and you know what from the moment i saw this part uh, this uh, suggestion as a challenge on the spreadsheet never wanted to get close to it at all. <laughs> I, I think you guys had suggested it for maybe three, four times in a row during our, you know, whatever, bi-weekly meetings. And uh, I had never gone for it. I don't think I voted for it this time, but like I, I never shut it down because th- that's just, you know, that's not what this pod is about, right? Like we're, we're just supposed to be open to experiences. Mm-hmm. Preach. But again, for I love music. I listen to music all day. I appreciate music production, but I, for one, know for a fact that I don't have any musical ability. And so this challenge just turned into like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, 
because as much as I was open to try it, in my mind, I knew I would just get angry doing it, and it would amount to nothing. Uh, <laughs> is this is this um, like the type of thing where you were intimidated by it, or you tried and it just wasn't working, or what happened? Not not intimidated at all by it. I, I actually downloaded and uh, I mean I, I wasn't you know I, I I wasn't sure how to take this on. I I, I don't have access to musical equipment. Um, I, I was, I know, not, spoiler alert, I like Greg sent us pics of him borrowing like an MPC, I think. Is that what it's called? Or? Yeah, a, uh, an MPC. I forget what it stands for. But, okay. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I don't have a laptop, which I which I'd mentioned to you guys before the challenge. So, or a laptop that I can, you know, put stuff into. I have my work laptop, but I, I can't put programs into it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't allow me. So I was limited in that sense. But, you know, I, I researched this and I know through other people that there are really good apps to make beats. So what I did is I, I got one that's actually, you know, $12 a month to use. Wow. And Or or an annual fee of 60 bucks. It's uh, Beatmaker Go. Ooh. It's a really good app, guys. Uh, had all sorts of, like, different mu- types of music I can use as a baseline. I could have cheated. I could have just... You know, use one of their beginner beats and pretended it was mine. Oh wow! I'm, <laughs> that looking, I'm looking at the app uh, online. It's it, this looks like what? Um, what's that really popular beat maker that plays in the clubs live? Uh, Tiesto. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it, this uh, one looks professional. Is what I'm saying. Go ahead. Yeah. What's, no. No. What's it Calvin called? Calvin Harris. It's called uh, Beat Maker Go. True. So Something the, music. I mean, that's what I was thinking of. I don't know. Anyway. Okay, but um, it's. It's really it's it's a great app, um, and throughout the process of me, I, I I thought you know at first I thought I would do something hip hoppy, uh, very difficult, and also I don't know it's not really what I've been vibing to lately. Um, I took a an Uber ride uh, recent well not recently but two two weeks ago or a month and a half oh, sorry a week and a half ago, and this guy was just telling me about the this great like French um, beat maker and he was just playing these great like chill almost like acid jazz type vibes so I this felt was just like coincidental Phil pure coincidental wow. but it inspired me to try and like you know do, do like sort of a more electronic style beat what I'd settled on but and again that, it was just too frustrating to for me to, to do I, I couldn't even you know, for for those who don't know, it's basically like a, it's like an MPC, and it has different sounds for every, uh, you know, for every. I don't know if can you guys hear that. Do you guys hear that? Yeah. Oh, okay. So maybe I can play you my beat, but um, it it has like different uh, things for every button that you press, and yeah, the, uh, the aesthetic is exactly like an MPC. You're, yeah, exactly. So so what I ended up uh, choosing. What to focus on was uh, like a a London grime beat, <laughs> and so like that that's that's what I had settled on. I'm trying to find my beat now, and again I, I'm like a beat making. I I put in I put in some time. Did I put in a lot of time? No, but like altogether, I probably put in like an hour into this. Mm-hmm. Um, well, don't don't play your beat yet. We'll okay. We'll play that all together, but it's okay. But oh, guys! By I the just, way, if we're gonna keep uh, citing MPC, it stands for Meaty Production Center. Ah. Uh, Anyways, go on. Um. 
I just felt like, uh, you know, no, no better. Um, I, after spending the whole weekend with a ton of children, as Johnny can attest to, I, I felt no better than like a two-year-old just pounding on a little thing <laughs> trying to make this beat. And it was really, really frustrating. And so I, I yeah. couldn't do this for more than, you know, 15, 20 minutes at a time. I'd throw my hands you know. in the air. And then I'd tackle it like two, three days later. Um, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, it's <laughs> not, it, beat making was not easy at all. And especially, even if your attempt was through this Beatmaker Go app. I mean, essentially, you were attempting to do it in a traditional form, like just digitally. So, like, the idea that people used to use MPCs to like make, you know, some of the most elaborate beats. Kanye West, for example, in uh, yeah. Dark Twisted Fantasy, like the majority of his beats. I think um, in Yeezus, um, one of the, his biggest tracks was through an MPC. Regardless, like that. That is tough to do. So don't don't beat yourself up. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh really? Okay, I thought this would be the easiest way to do it. It's true. <laughs> um, you so know what? You, you I'm can just easily now. be I, our I, judge I, too. You could be our referee between me and Greg and decide whose beats you like better. I'm just realizing now. I could have just grabbed. I have bongos. I could have just grab some bongos and done that, right? Well, yeah, why I did, guess. <laughs> why did, why the quest. Oh the the thing was to make a beat. We didn't specify how. So, yeah. I know. No, to me, I, I thought I thought this would be like the coolest way to try it. And I've, to be honest with you, I've always wanted to try these apps. Uh, I've seen I've seen other people use them before, uh, mm. uh, who who were like beginners who never took a musical lesson in their life. Are you referring and to Manny? They, no, no, no. I'm, I'm I'm referring to like old friends of mine. Okay. Like and and nothing as complex as this. Like we're we're talking like you know i iPhone one type of app oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um and i saw them like do a good job with it so i, I thought yeah. i could do this that's tough one week like and i think johnny and i will probably have similar experiences based on uh the app that i know he was using from our tug text but the uh the fruity loops or um, fl studios is not easy either like it's uh it's oh, yeah. very much just a more um modern day version of an MPC. Like if you were literally to trans uh transition from MPC to digital laptop, like um FL Studios is essentially what that, that is. Um and it doesn't make it any easier at all. So so am I wrong in saying that it might have been just easier to learn an instrument like we did in the in like that previous pod? Mm. Like I probably would have gotten more advanced just like say trying to replicate a guitar riff I mean, or something? some of these beat programs are an all-in-one production for a song so you can um, create a beat uh, using a vast database of uh, you know beats that are already made you there's samples that you can use and tweak instruments what have you and then there's like all these parameters that you can use to like play with the treble the bass all this yeah um, you see that, and and that's the thing I, I thought I would get in there because I had an idea of the, like in my head, I had an idea of the, the beat I wanted to, to use, and it was inspired by uh, what I was listening to in, in this Uber ride, uh, <laughs> like a couple of weeks ago. And um, so I had that in my head, and like I went right to the app, and I was trying, and I couldn't, and I, I just couldn't. Like that's where I spent the most amount of time. I probably spent, you know, close to an hour trying to to get that down. And I couldn't. I realized, you know, like this is complex. I, I can't. I can't do this at my level. Okay. So what I would do is I would. They have pre-recorded beats, so I would uh, listen to their pre-recorded beats, and then you see which 
tabs are highlighting on, on the MPC. So I would try and just follow those and maybe replicate those and come up with something on my own. And I can't even follow them <laughs> properly, even though it's, it's right there. And I'm trying different techniques. I'm using my thumbs. Then lay or your, then lay, um, lay the phone down and use my two fingers like Kanye West does because I've seen Kanye always do that. I can't do it. <laughs> what was your um, well, both of you? Was a question for both of you. Did you guys attack beats with like a four bar like repeat loop or did you like stretch it out too longer? Because I know I, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about four bar loops. <laughs> Okay, so how about this? Why don't we go into Ray and I's experience and maybe Phil can chime in on how he thinks they sound. Should, should I have just read, like, how to make a... Should I have spent the week reading about four, like, the, the verbiage? Okay, we're going on 21 minutes of Phil just talking about how he couldn't do this. Uh, uh, Johnny, to answer your question, I went with an eight-bar loop. You did an eight-bar loop? Yeah. But, but yeah, basically an eight bar loop. Eight bar loop. Okay, and you use an MPC machine. So my, when we initially talked about doing this project or this challenge, my uh, my thought was to try and embody the styles of Kanye West. And so, uh, for any Kanye fans, or uh, you don't even really have to be a fan, you know that. Kanye, when it comes to beat making, is a huge uh, advocate for the MPC um, because it's an old form of beat making. Um, and so he's essentially trying to revitalize Whoa. it. So that was my initial thought. And the, the good friend, Dave, um, who actually had a part in, you know, uh, our intro music and our intro theme Shout for out. the podcast. Um, yeah. So I, I contacted him and was like, let me come through, give me a tutorial on the NPC and uh, help me out in terms of making a beat. When I went over there, what he kind of, uh, you know, let me know really quickly is that the NPC is like, it's not a machine for beginners. And honestly, if I would have spent time um, working through it with that machine, it would have, uh, I would have ended up worse off than Phil. Uh, so to be honest, I kind of, um, decided to bypass the whole MPC and I just went with um, FL Studios project. Like an M the MPC that he had even worked through a floppy disk. Like it, it was that old. Um, so yeah, that was a Okay, no so for the people at home that have no idea what we're talking about, you guys are talking about a grid with of buttons that aren't even labeled. Most of the time they're like a gradient color that have a sound attributed yeah, to them. That when you tap 16 this buttons. sixteen buttons, so when you tap those yeah. buttons, you have something that like uh, either loops or concusses really loudly, and then you can tap different buttons to, together or at the, uh, different times, and that's how you're creating your beat, almost like a piano or a keyboard, but instead it's sixteen plain buttons that have so uh, sounds attributed to them. Correct? Yeah, okay. that that pretty much like if you Google Akai A K A I. Um, MPC, you'll basically get the most popular form of a uh, uh, machine. And I can't remember so, who I'm thinking of, but I know his name has music in it, and he's he's well known for using this. Oh, really? Oh, God, oh, man. Maybe it's not music. Regardless. Anyway, yeah. Some of Kanye's biggest songs are developed through this machine, which is insane. And Greg, you can but, put... So I... Oh, no, I was going to keep moving forward, so what were you uh, going to say? 
is is the NPC the type of machine where you can put a sample of like a woman's voice saying something? Exactly. Okay. So each button can record any sort of sound or audio, um, and then you can use that to continue making a beat. So anyhow, I jo decided to go the opposite direction, and so I went. He advised me to use FL Studio, uh, and then he gave me like a a couple hours crash course on the program and how it works. So wow. I started with an eight bar loop. Um, I had a song in mind that I'd been listening to like all summer long um, called uh, Is It Any Wonder by Duran Jones and the Indicators or the Indication, sorry. Um, and it's a, it's a great old school Motown classic joint that uh, sounds amazing when you're driving at night in a country road and it's just like uh, the moon's out, that sort of vibe. And uh, I wanted to cut it up and sample it like a, a classic Kanye West beat. And so that was my goal. And he, he showed me a couple tricks and he gave me like a baseline sort of uh, beat to use. He showed me how to use this uh, function called a metronome. And so that's like any uh, beat maker role who's beginning uses a metronome. It like It's like a pulse. Exactly. Whoever's making that sound, um, essentially it's that. You use it to keep track of like your beats. Um, and so that's how you kind of start the foundation of like creating a, a bass line with your, your claps and your snares and your drums. Um, and so four hours into the process, honestly, I was overwhelmed. There's so much to understand, but my music background, you know, it did help, right? So like being able to be familiar with what a wave looks like, understanding beats per minute, that sort of thing um, was cool. But honestly, by the time I got home and I started taking a stab at it myself, if I didn't have that baseline, like, um, like sort of uh, uh, beats per minute and the baseline drums and snares that, that Dave hooked me up with, I would have been a fish out of water, 100%. Thanks, Greg. Yeah. No, Phil, you, I think you definitely <laughs> took the hardest... Uh way through. I uh, just want to put it out there that I actually put it out there <laughs> uh, to our listeners. What is your favorite beat of any type of song? And I have a couple answers that I'll just read really quickly. Jennifer Miller, also known as My Lady, uh, she wrote White Stripes Seven Nation Army. That's a great beat. Not necessarily a rap beat, but I, I could totally see that. Is that the... Da, 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 exactly. Da, 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 da. Another Jennifer... Uh, Jennifer mm -hmm. Well... Just the most overused anthem for everything, <laughs> for sporting uh, events or anything. Absolutely. Uh, Jennifer MC wrote C is for Cookie. She's a mom, so I could totally understand that. Uh, Lucinda Forte wrote Rhiannon from Fleetwood Mac. Um, I actually had a long drive somewhere uh, with my wife, and we listened to some of these suggestions that you guys put out there, and all of them were fantastic. And I would encourage you guys to listen to Rhiannon from Fleetwood Mac. There's a this very distinct um, four-bar beat that needs that's begging to be sampled by Kanye, or anyone, rather. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Dre, What's the Difference? That's my favorite beat of all time. I'm the one who said that one. That was pretty good. And then our old friend from <laughs> high school, uh, Robert Kevin Nacheri, incredible bingo band Apache, the greatest drum fill of all time. And it's true. You should listen to that. <laughs> so, Greg, um, when you were attacking this, you said that you ended up going with FL Studio. And were you happy with what was coming out? or? I mean, I was thankful that I had that that, uh, I guess, assistance or that jump start from Dave, because honestly, like, uh, 
I was happy with it, but I knew it wasn't like, I wouldn't put my, my sole name on the production credits at the end of the beat, put it that way. Oh, like, okay. It would be in, in collaboration with, because I was able to build off of what he uh, started and then I could just come up with my own little, but I kept it so simple. Like in my head, I thought the beat could have sounded incredible with all of the beautiful like samples that that Is It Any Wonder song provides. But at the end of the day, I used like one crappy little sample and kept the beat the exact same the whole way. And like, you know, it is what it is. It's not, it's not easy. So, but I like the program. Did you like the program? Tell us about your play. Oh, myself? I, so yeah. the way I attacked this was I Googled best free beat maker and I did it with my laptop. And so therefore all of the results were, you know, software based. And uh, that's why I found FL Studio. And I watched about a 30-minute tutorial for beginners on FL Studio. You know, the old Google then YouTube way of attacking a, tr a problem. Um, the, the tutorial seemed easy enough. And then when I started to do it myself, things weren't exactly working the way the guy on YouTube was saying it. My issue with yeah. a couple of these programs that I uh, went through was that you set your presets to the beats you want, to the sounds you want, the drum fill, what have you. And you create a baseline beat, or rather a baseline or a pattern for a beat, and then you go back and switch it for the next four bars, and it create. I don't know if I'm explaining this properly, but let's say I did nothing but strings in my first four bars. So I'm setting my pattern for just those strings. When I went back to try and do my next four bars with drums, the first four have now been replaced by drums. And that's, the, that's a software like learning issue rather than a talent or artistic expression issue and that's that was the learning curve with this challenge that I that um, bothered me so FL studio was a bit of a bust for me in that regard where every time I would go to the next four things I wanted to do or eight things it would re it would overwrite the first four things I did so I quickly gave up on FL studio and went the app route uh, for my phone and that's when I started having fun this week so I wish maybe we would have conferred because maybe I would have recommended the, the app that I ended up using to fill because it was so easy that everyone I showed downloaded it because they're just like, oh, my God, you just made a song in front of me. <laughs> um, That's cool. Yeah, so the app in question is called Figure, F-I-G-U-R-E, and it's made by a company called Ali Hoppa or maybe Hoopa that looks like two O's. I highly recommend this app. It is not a sponsor, although Phil D would probably ask them to be. <laughs> okay. Is it free? <laughs> it is free, 100% free. Um, and uh, yeah, guys, like it's it's so easy to use that I figured it out in under five minutes. And uh, throughout the course of the week, I must have made six, seven different beats. They're not amazing, but they're beginning of something. And this is what I like about this is it got me interested in making beats. And got my wife interested in making beats. And uh, sometimes when we're just waiting for something to download while we're watching TV, we break it out and we play with it together. And, you know, it's divided into three sections. You have the drum patterns, the uh, bass patterns, and then they call it the lead patterns. And when you turn your phone sideways, all the parameters disappear and it turns into just uh, rows of buttons, almost like an MPC, like we were referring to earlier. So... Um, it was very streamlined, and I had the, a blast this week, and I 1,000% will use this app 
going forward. Like every time I'm in an elevator by myself, I bust it out and I start creating a beat. And if I feel inspired, I freestyle. <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. So Greg. Would you... I've definitely uh, freestyled over my You did? Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just wanted an awkward pause there, guys. My nose has been running for like 20 seconds. I'm just going to go blow my nose. I'll be right back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Give me one second. Unacceptable. Uh, Greg, are you hearing like a uh, like a delay or, or a lag? Sorry. No. no. You are? Well, not with you when Johnny speaks, yeah. Um, but I've been, it's probably not recording, so it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So would you rather uh, knit for an entire week or make a beat? <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd rather make a beat. <laughs> I forgot about the knitting challenge. That was terrible. Oh, my God, that was so hard. But but I I knew I knew this one wouldn't be like the knitting because I like I knew you two were enjoying it and and going you know like yeah like the the music stuff you guys are into like I I don't I wouldn't say I enjoyed this challenge okay like it it felt like work more than other challenges have been. really like I was just just staring at my laptop screen. <laughs> I'd look up, it, it, it would have been like an hour and a half, and I would have gotten absolutely nowhere with like the beat that I made. I always and wanted it, to that, do this. That was frustrating. Always. You always what? I always wanted to make a beat. Always wanted to, like, my. I used to hang out with uh, our friend Manny a long time ago back in um, university and stuff. And every time I would go to his house, he'd always be on Fruity Loops or one of those. Um, Sound Forge was another one. And he'd always be making beats and people would be coming over making beats or rapping. It was always, it was always that type of atmosphere. And I was like, oh, one day I'm going to learn how to use Fruity Loops. And the learning curve was just too hard. So, you know, when I know, people... like, honestly, Dave was like a godsend because he even gave me, he helped me cut up all of the song or the samples from the song that I, I wanted. And like, so I got to use those as like little tools that I could fit into the beats whenever I wanted to. Like, so is it possible it was, to hear what yeah. you came up with, or? Oh yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. want to? Do you feel like playing uh, something? Yeah, sure. I'll play it right do now. Do you have a name for this particular track? That's a very good question. No, I, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna. I would call it exactly what the name of the original song was. So I, I would probably just say, "Is it any wonder?" Or, <laughs> or maybe I'd call it "Wonder." Wonder. I love um, it. Yeah. So like I. I'm fully responsible for the intro and then the beat itself, like just the baseline, like the actual drum um, positioning is like, is mostly him. And then I fill it in with all of the samples and like uh, the hi-hats and all that. Let's stuff. do it. Uh, all right, here we go. Wonder. <laughs> oh, keep it going, brother. I want to hear it. Yeah. Turn it up for the people at home. 
That is Wonder by Greg Sam. I uh, I would have loved to like get creative and do all types of crazy shit, but it uh, it just took for it took me literally an entire week just to get to that point, and it's just that on loop um, over and over. Did it? Um, that would have taken me legit four years. <laughs> <laughs> did Did it give you a new respect for beatmakers, producers? Oh, so much respect. It's so funny. Like every time we do a challenge, you, you become hypersensitive to the, I, I guess the item that you're, you're, you're involved in that week. And so this week that we were doing it, it's like everywhere, every beat that I would hear, I'd be hearing the, uh, the drums and I'd be hearing like the instrumentation. I, I would notice like shows that I was watching and like the fact that uh, on the show Insecure, it's like one of the main characters is a, a producer and makes beats. And it's just funny to, to watch a character um, on a show that you like, talk about beat making and, and uh, let, letting the audience hear some of his beats. It's just, it, it was a really cool week in that sense. So I, uh, I have so much more appreciation for, for all of it, really. And for people at home who are looking for a cheap um, tool to use to produce music, um, what we actually make the podcast with is GarageBand. And I actually didn't even try to make a beat with GarageBand. Uh, but that is a quick solution for anybody with a MacBook. I believe they come. it comes with a MacBook these days. If you buy a MacBook, you have GarageBand attached. Um, Greg, that was really good, man. Like, I'm not kidding around. That was really, really good. I, it, it's, it was, it's an old school beat, right? So it's like, but it, it, it's close to what I wanted, but not even uh, at the same time. It, it, it doesn't compare to what I had in my head. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to articulate, but like I wanted much more for it. But what are you going to Exactly. Do? Speaking of old school beats, a couple of you mentioned old school beats when I put the question out there. Rhiannon Mahler Trotter said, Heartful of Soul from the Yardbirds. Shane Tanney wrote, When the Levee Breaks from Led Zeppelin. And Bonnie Cook wrote, My Sharona. So not everybody went the rap route. Very impressed. All right, so uh, when I was just playing around with this app, I figured out how to do like four bars, and then throughout the week, I figured out how to stretch that to eight bars. To And so my beats aren't polished and finished like Greg's. In fact, I wish I spent more time on one beat and fully producing it. Because Greg, like as much as you're kicking yourself in the balls there, that's a really good beat. Like I don't know how similar it is to the song you sampled. I don't know if that was your goal was to recreate it. But dude, I'm telling you, man, I would rap to, I'd spit fire to that tomorrow if you let me. <laughs> <laughs> how much? How much, man? How much? <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever saw um, uh, uh, Shades of Black. Where it was the I think is the name of the the Black Album uh, DVD, where Jay Z's just Faith, Faith of Black. Black. That's it. Faith and it's Black. it's Jay Z just hanging out in uh, Timbaland's basement, and Timbaland accidentally presses a button on his keyboard, and it plays the beat for "Dust That Shirt Off Your Shoulder," uh, "Dust That Dirt Off Your Shoulder," and Jay Z's like, "Wait, wait, wait, play that again!" And Timbaland's like, "No, no, no, you weren't supposed to hear that." <laughs> I kept thinking of that this week. I love that moment. And then then Jay Z just makes this space like, "Oh, what is this beat?" And then creates a song. Um, so these are some of the things I I basically came up with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven beats here. Uh, Jen, I believe, made one of these. I don't think I remember which one she made, but I'll just show you guys. The, these are beats that are all were made quickly. Uh, so uh, first off, I'll start with. Uh, 
hmm, what's a good one to start with? I'll start with one that's like, the, you're going to notice that all these beats are just four bars. So it's, you're going to hear like a good beat-ish, but it's going to be looped over and over again because I didn't learn how to go beyond that. Now, what I think people should do who are, uh, have that learning curve issue is to start with this, get that loop, and then bring it into a program like Fruity Loops, and then start playing around with it. Or even GarageBand, then start playing around with it to go further or attach an instrument to it. But this is, <coughs> excuse me, this is a song that I, uh, or a beat rather, that I made for more of like a rave type of thing, like a, like a EDM type beat. So this is what I called Rave Out. <laughs> so lame, but here. <laughs> so as you can hear, it just like loops and loops and loops over and over again. But that song and dance with the <laughs> devil. <laughs> and you know, if I were to open that song, uh, so here I'm opening it right now. So I'll press play. So I can mute. The lead. Dance with the devil. So now I just muted. Oh. I just muted that annoying like horn, and you just hear the bass and the, the the beat, right? So now I'm getting rid of the beat. Feel the bass. And then I could add the I could add the drum in. <laughs> and then when I feel ready, that's when I can add the lead in. Dance with the devil. <laughs> I should have made a song with nothing but tugboat horns, and you guys would have loved it. <laughs> so that was like uh, me just learning to use the the, the beat, uh, and then I got really into like trying. I realized that I'm more into the bass and the drums than anything else. Uh, I wish I knew how to sample stuff, but I got really into just. Um, beat making <laughs> so this i called dance hall bumping because it just reminded me of a dance hall type of song this is one that had a bit more of a like a you know shake your booty to it so you see you're going to notice when you use this app a lot of things sound quite similar and once again if i mute the bass You'll just hear that bass, that, that, which I work on always the drums first, I notice, and then I go to the bass. And I, I have a newfound I respect it. for bass. I think bass is an underrated like part of a song. It's really hard. <laughs> that, that last track really reminded me of like a transition scene in the, the, the old school show Ghost Rider. Oh, like man. Ghost Rider. Wow. <laughs> I remember the show. I don't remember the transitions. <laughs> Play that one more time. It's almost like Jamal and Gavin are like, library. What's that weird dot? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How to ruin my production like, career <laughs> in one sentence. <laughs> um, so I'm just showing you guys my um, my uh, evolution. So when I, when I started to figure that out, I'm like, okay, I did kind of like a raves beat. And then I did like a dance hall. So then I wanted more of like a rap beat. I wanted to see if I'm like, what if Phil and Greg only do rap beats? So I came up with this and I guess this is in my head, a rap beat. My girlfriend doesn't think so, or my wife, whatever. She doesn't think so. But this is, uh, this is what I would consider a rap beat in my head. I feel like that's unpolished. Uh, uh, uh. 
I can mumble to that. <laughs> Um, but the one, the one that I'm actually proud of actually is not a finished beat, but it's because I went beyond the four bars. So that's the whole reason I'm taking you guys through this journey is I, I just called it a baseline bump because I don't know where to go with this song, but I was able to figure out how to stretch it from four bars to like 16, 32, what have you. And you're going to notice the bass in this one changes. And this is the one my girlfriend likes the best. So I just wanted to play this one for you because I think this is the one I'm most proud of, even though it's the least uh, completed version of a song. You hear how that like that that that's that drum uh, bass is actually different instead of that repetitive four bar. I knew I was onto something with that. Now that actually wasn't the version of the song. I must have tweaked the bass line because it was a little bit clearer. But that was my journey with it. I, guys, I had a blast of a week. I made probably seven songs. I didn't even play all of them for you, but I mean, you get you get the gist of it. I really yeah. recommend Figure. Uh, really easy app to use, and it's like a five minute tutorial on YouTube. So. My uh, my partners, my pod partners, seriously, try it just for five minutes even, and uh, you might be surprised in a car ride, just uh, driving to, let's say, the, your cottage, Phil, you, you might have a great time with Jen just like hitting the bass while you're going like, ooh, 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 <laughs> Jen and I had a couple good laughs. <laughs> So, um, so that was my week with uh, beat making. Did, does anybody want to add a little something extra to, to how their week went, or? No, I think... I think overall we can touch on it at the end of the show, but it, uh, it was, uh, an it was, it was a challenge. I will say that Definitely I was, was. going to say it was enjoyable, but I don't even know if I can say that it was, it was a challenge of a week. Man. Let me say that. Yeah. I was already cut off for expressing my misery, so I don't need to express oh, anymore. <laughs> I just meant let's let's move it forward with something else. But yeah, like uh, I, I think every experience is important. So Phil, like you know, I, I failed uh, really bad at the language challenge, and I failed really bad. I personally, I felt at the uh, instrument challenge, learning an instrument in a week. So it's important to bring a realistic approach uh, our, our like um, summary of this week. This is actually really difficult. <laughs> I found an easy app, but it doesn't mean that making a beat is easy. It just means that this app within these. 10 parameters, I can make something that I can bob my head to. But, dude, don't get it twisted. MPC yeah. especially. Wow. Hard. I think... Well, uh, uh, what, uh, oh, go ahead, Phil. Well, I, I think it just shows, again, that we each always have uh, very different uh, processes in attacking these challenges. Uh, Greg, you are usually the YouTube Google guy who well actually both of you are YouTube Google people and then break it down from the very first steps to you know how how to and I just kind of like jump right into it yeah, <laughs> I, I like I, I, I take these challenges as more of a uh, I don't want to be like I don't want to get my mind twisted into exactly how to do this I just want to experience it how I feel I should well so. I'm happy you did that man and I'm happy that yeah. you guys both gave it a shot. And uh, I, I don't know if it was me that put this out there or if it was Greg, but that's another one in the books. We're getting through that Excel sheet, boys. We're doing it. It's taking years, but we're doing it. <laughs> um, and Phil, I think you should just stick to what you do best, and that's following the money. Oh! And if we're going to follow the money, we should follow it all the way to Washington, D.C. for the B-side! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm foolish.
so maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying But I'm only human after all I'm only human after all Don't put your blame on me Don't put your blame on me Take a look in the mirror What do you see? Do you see it clearer? Or are you deceived? Uh, I sure do. Um, so on the B side this week, we decided to review a uh, new show uh, that's, uh, what's the... Uh, Amazon Prime. It's the network. Amazon Prime, thank you. Uh, Amazon Prime has released a new show called Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. It stars um, who we all know from The Office, John Krasinski. Um, it stars Wendell Pierce and John Guggenhocker. Uh, that was really hard to pronounce. Um, and, and essentially, what uh, I and the um, summarizes it as is an up and coming CI analyst, Jack Ryan, is thrust into a dangerous field assignment as he uncovers a pattern in terrorist communication that launches him into the center of a dangerous gambit. Um, and so it's a, uh, I think it's a 10 episode season one that uh, got released. And um, is it weekly? Or, sorry, uh, no, it's, it's a streaming episodes? service, so I think it came all out at once. It's yeah. streaming. Okay. Well, not all, not all streaming services uh, do that. Oh, it's true. So. I don't, uh, yeah, you're um, correct on that. Yeah. It's, but, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's all out there. I, I have an Amazon. Prime membership, but they're they're all there. Um, so, in fact, they, they've signed they've signed on for a second season. Right, and and Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan it isn't a uh, uh, a new IP brand or a new IP. Thank you. Um, it's it's something that uh, has existed for quite some time. It's a popular book, I think. Yeah, uh, it's actually also and video game. If you guys know, yeah, the video games, but also uh, believe it or not, you guys have seen. Jack Ryan in many movies, if you watch those movies, but uh, Harrison Ford played him in Clear and Present Danger, in uh, Air, Alec, Air Force One. Alec Baldwin in The Hunt for the Red October. Alec Baldwin in The Hunt for Red October. Uh, recently, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck in The Sum of All Fears, and yeah. uh, the guy who was in Wonder Woman, Chris Pine. Well, more realistic, rather, he's more known for his Star Trek uh, role as uh, Captain Kirk, the reboot. Uh, Chris Pine in uh, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, or I can't remember what that one was called, but just recently, about two, three years ago, Chris Pine, I guess, is that his name, Chris Pine? Am I saying it right? Captain Kirk? Yeah. 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 He, did, yeah he did a recent Jack Ryan. I didn't, I didn't catch that, though. I didn't, I didn't see that movie. I don't know what it's like. Neither did I. Uh, were any of you guys a fan of A, Tom Clancy, and B, Jack Ryan? No, not really. <laughs> yeah, I can't say that I was either, except I do remember being in a hotel room as a young man uh, in Myrtle whoa, Beach. Whoa, 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 where is this <laughs> It was my father. <laughs> no, I remember being in Florida uh, on a family vacation, and it was raining, and we couldn't leave, and the only movie that was on TV was Clear and Present Danger, and I remember loving it. I remember going like, whoa, this is political spy thriller. I loved it. And that's pr pretty much well, the only well, idea I ever saw of that. Yeah, the, that that's the thing is that you know these most of these movies were coming out at a time where we were relatively young, and I would say Jack Ryan. He's, I don't think he's a complex character, but he's not the type of character that 
you know, appeal to like young teenage boys. Um, he's not your typical hero or these are, these are action movies or thrillers and he isn't the typical protagonist that we would, that would appeal to, you know, young mm-hmm. testor- testosterone filled boys. Mm-hmm. The, he's, he's more of someone who uses his brain to, to win the battles and not, you know, muscles. And he doesn't, Jack Ryan doesn't really do badass things. He, he kind of has like a high moral standard from what I've seen on this show. Yeah. So. And uh, full disclosure, guys, the whole reason that you're hearing us review Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, if you remember a couple episodes back, if you're an avid listener, I was saying that I was working on a project that I wasn't allowed to talk about, and Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan was actually the project. It was filmed in Montreal. Uh, Actually, it was filmed in multiple countries, but the home base was in Montreal, and it was my first time switching from actor to um, the production side of things. So I worked with the producers, I worked with the directors. I was the guy who was printing out scripts for John Krasinski. I went to his apartment. And I set up his gym for him to work out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I uh, and my wife are both as actors in the show as well. We're both in episode eight. If you guys made it that far, um, we uh, we both got a part on the show. I networked my way into the show. <laughs> a very small role. I'm, I'm like a nurse in the eighth episode. That's just like, hey, what's going on? That's it. Um, and my wife is like a waitress saying, like, you're going to have to order at the counter. Very, very small role. If you look us up, you'll find us. And by the way, guys, I found out by uh, watching this show that Amazon Prime has this, is one of the only services that has a uh, this feature where you can press pause and there's a search yep. box where you can search by actor or scene. And people sent me video clips of my scene because they just typed in my name and it automatically went to my scene. <laughs> I, I was, was awesome. going to talk about this. I, I was going to talk about this. Uh, having used Amazon, the Amazon Prime app for the first time uh, to, to watch this show. Every time, even while the show is going on, if you just sort of, you know, click to see the option features while, while it passes, there's trivia on the side of the oh, screen wow. about really? the, the TV show that you're watching. Yeah. That's cool, dude. And then some random actors, random the random actor's picture will pop up and you can get like a, a bit of history on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, re- it's really cool. It's a really cool app. And guys, full disclosure, when I worked on this, I'm not burning bridges here because, you know, the project's over. My NDA is gone. I wasn't a fan of working on the project. Like, it was fun for me to do some a new, a new job. But in terms of, like, excitement for this IP, I had none. I didn't read the scripts. I had full access to the scripts. I chose not to because I wasn't interested. So, you know, if you guys hated this, do not be shy <laughs> to say that. I won't take offense. That's well, what I'm trying to say. Never are shy. Never are shy. So let's talk about Tom. Clancy. Yeah. So let's get into how uh, how far did you guys get? Specifically, let's talk about episode eight and that amazing performance <laughs> by uh, <Mel> <laughs> <Hicks>. <laughs> number two. How many uh, episodes did you guys get to? I got through uh, episode one and the first twenty minutes of episode two before I had to do something else. Cool. Wow, Greg, I did an episode and a half as well. <laughs> so in the uh, first episode, I was already impressed. I, guys, I was expecting a complete shit show. I got to tell you, I was really expecting to hate this. I watched all eight episodes, obviously. and um, All eight? Or yeah, or I watched... Ten episodes, seriously. I watched all eight episodes. They're currently filming season two in New York and Colombia. Uh, season one was filmed in Montreal, Paris... Morocco, and they were supposed to film in Rome, but I guess they changed it last second, and Washington, D.C. just for a day. Um, but 
unbelievable. I, I first off, can we talk about the pilot and the first five minute scene? I don't remember a movie starting or a TV show starting off with the antagonist, intense, the bad guys, intense having an oh, origin yeah. story where you're kind of rooting for them. Did you guys feel that way? Or yeah, well, at the time you don't know that they're the bad guys. Yeah. Well, at least I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bad guys. No, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you I, I didn't know, but you know, you get the sense of what's happening and. Uh, yeah, like I, I didn't, I didn't actually think it was it was that unique, but you know, it, it is nice. It's like you know, this whole war on terror that we've been ex- in, being experiencing for uh, what seems like forever. forever, but the last twenty years, uh, it is interesting to get the uh, the flip side of it because coming from where we are in like North America, North America or the Western world is our perspective is always skewed, right? So, mm-hmm. so first and foremost, guys, I was expecting to hate this. I was pleasantly surprised, but only throughout the middle and end. I watched it to see my part. I watched it to see friends that I know in Montreal that had parts on this. So I toughed through the parts that were a little sluggish and slow. Uh, I got to say, because I didn't read the scripts, there was twist after twist. So if you guys are inclined to watch episode two fully and all the way to the end, I would recommend it just for the twists. The um, attacks, there are terrorist attacks that would happen in this uh, show. They, the, 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 the terrorist, or rather the person that is trying to make a point, Ali Suleiman, which by the way for me was the MVP of the show, the bad guy, by the end of this series, you're like, if this guy doesn't win an Emmy, which I didn't finish watching the Emmys, I don't think he did, <laughs> I would have heard about it, but Ali Suleiman, the actor who played Suleiman, funny enough, spelled differently, but um, he actually stole the show for me. He was incredible. And that character had very interesting ways, twists, to make his attacks happen. Now, that's probably sacrilegious to say. I apologize for people who have lived through that trauma. But in the writing standpoint, it was interesting to see, I'm going to go left, and then all the cops go left. And he's like, ah, but I just wanted you to look left instead of going right. That kept happening in this show, and it's um, the writing surprised me. That was pretty much my overall takeaway. And uh, the actress who played Kathy, Abby Cornish, was not a fan. <laughs> okay. Phil, what do you think overall? Uh, well, it's it's hard to have as strong of an opinion as Johnny having just watched, uh, you know, essentially one one complete episode. Um, I do I do like I do like it. Uh, I'll continue watching it. My my takeaways are, it's. It's very different for the times that we're that we're in. Um, it's not cutting edge. In, in like when I say different, it's not cutting edge or anything. It's just very, it's a very retro show. Oh, Phil, uh, it's so great you said that because my question was going to be to you guys: Did this show miss its time period? Like, did it miss its time? Is it too? No, I, I don't. Uh, I, I don't think it's missed its time. I think it's sort of just bringing back an old classic character that's been done so many like many times before and it's just bringing back you know the like the chemistry between uh jack ryan and uh wendell pierce the character that wendell pierce plays yeah yeah and you feel it from the very beginning like what uh, you know it just feels like an old buddy cop i'm too old for this shit Yeah, you know, you, you know what I mean. Like yeah. the way it starts off, like what other show would you just see? The in what show would you see these days? The protagonist 
riding a bike and almost colliding with who's going to be his future boss. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and then he just, and then he just, he just turns his head and is like, motherfucker. And then, like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just so 80s to me. The, the show just has this 80s feel. I felt very comfortable with it. I don't know how um, young people, like younger people feel about this. People who were born in the 90s watching yeah. it. But in, in my mind, it's just such a classic, Trope. Uh, old school, retro feel, 80s, which I'm very comfortable with. Uh, again, like I said before, Jack Ryan in the show is a very classic hero, but not the type of hero that we've like seen in the last 20 years. Uh, he's you, like the type of show that it is, you would expect a Jason Bourne or a Jack Bauer type of character. Uh, again, this guy, he uses his brains, Jack Ryan does. Um, he's not like, or there's no like bad boy thing to him. He's not Don Draper, Walter White, Tony Soprano. Um, so it's, it's nice. It's, 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 it's a, he's a good, wholesome man trying to save the world in a very wholesome manner. Do you think, do you think the, the limitations <laughs> are, are based on Krasinski though? Do you think he can pull off anything else no, that I he think... did or? No, I no because he like John Krasinski, and you see it in the first episode. Like he's he's physically fit. He could be an action star if he wanted to. Um, he he he's tall. He's fit. Uh, he had like I think it's just the way they they wanted Jack Ryan to be, and and I'm perfectly fine with that. What about you, Greg? It, you it, like you, Phil touched on a lot of uh, interesting points to me, like the idea of um, just the premise being comforting and just a style of, um, uh, I, I, I guess, interactions between different characters is very buddy cop style. Um, it's to me, it was kind of eye rolly. Uh, it was a bit, yeah. yeah, but I can see how people would uh, gravitate towards it. And if you don't gravitate towards that, you gravitate towards the explosions and the gunfire. Mm-hmm. Or you gravitate towards the. Uh, oh my god, it's true. The pilot is so action packed. You guys saw at least an episode with something in it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or and, and just the like the air of patriotism that that there was in episode one. It's just very. All of it to me was very corny, but I feel like their their tactics to really pull in a lot of uh, viewers, and so I I think. Overall, the show was good, but it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it like the whole Jack Ryan um, character itself, very like you, you named it, Phil. Um, very um, retro. Uh, John Bauer, John Bauer, Jack, Jack Bauer, Jack yeah, Bauer Jack Bauer from yeah. uh, Twenty Four. Like it, it, it's all those types of shows and those types of characters that I can appreciate, but at the same time, it. it they never, they never sell me. They never um, get me invested. And so I don't know that I was invested here. And there's this air of America and this air of um, one-sidedness, despite how they start the show, showing you from the lens of, you know, uh, uh, kids in Lebanon getting bombed, um, their, their town and their village, and, and it providing, like, motivation and a motive for, you know, oh, what they become as as grown adults, but the whole idea of how life works in the Middle East, um, in certain locations, how people interact with each other, their vengeance, their it's all seems 
dark and one-sided. I can't vouch for whether or not it's accurate. Um, I'm sure there was a historian working on set to, to like make sure all of it was accurate, but it just felt very um, Hollywood and very dramatic. And, and to me, that's cringe. That that's very. There was cringe. definitely some cringe moments. Totally agree. The show does get better, though. I, I would encourage you, Greg, if you at all interested in the genre. To go to at least episode three because by episode three I was actually a fan of the show. I was pretty impressed with the way they were going because at one point uh, uh, Jack and Greer, so Wendell Pierce and John Krasinski, actually go looking uh, in Yemen for these people and the interaction with people and it was filmed in Morocco. Just Morocco itself is such a gorgeous thing, to sh- uh, gorgeous place to shoot, um, but like. The um, there's parts of this show that reminded me of War Dogs, of the movie that Nicolas Cage made that the name escapes me, God of War, I think. Uh, there's uh, is that what it was called, God of War, where he was the uh, gun runner. But they they end up going in the shit, is what I'm saying, and it, it, like there's some really uncomfortable moments uh, with refugee encampments and things like that, that where you start to see the other side of the world and what they do to escape a war-torn country. Or let's say your husband is a terrorist, how and you know right from wrong, how do you escape your husband? So there was there was parts that interested me. But my question for you guys is, let's say you were a fan of this genre, the spy thriller, let's call it. Did they execute it well? It's hard to say for having watched one episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I, I it's seeing seeing that first, you know. I think the the thing about spy thrillers is um, we've just seen so many of them already. As, especially like back to my original point, the last twenty, they've just been coming out all the time with with these like the Bourne series. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, what was the one with with you know George Clooney was in he wasn't a spy, but Syriana too. Okay. Like there's over like yeah. these covert operations. Yeah, um, what, what's the other one? Uh, the where, they're on. Exactly, or uh, the, the one that won the Oscar about the catching and killing Bin Laden. Um, Zero Dark Thirty. I, I, yeah, so I, did they execute it well? I think, I think, they're, I think they're doing their, again, um, it's more of a classic, like retro way of doing it. It's less, having seen that episode and a half, it's less thriller intrigue and more uh i don't i don't actually i i don't <laughs> i don't know how to answer that question properly having yeah i totally it, understand but, that what about you, you know, Greg? did you it's, do you, it's just you, it's, it's it's very different than what we've been experiencing for the last 20 years is what i'll say yeah I, I feel like it was it's definitely with the times like it it has a modern day approach um and like i like the I, I like the presence and lack thereof of like technology. Like the technology wasn't over the top advanced. Um, you know, there's there's still a, a a good purpose and use for a grenade, for example. Oh like, yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, so I, I thought the thriller aspect of it was was there, and I was thrilled watching it. At just big picture. It's hard for me to like fully immerse myself in that mm-hmm. world, knowing, you know, overall context. So, yeah, you know, it, it it actually should be fairly accurate and nailed as a uh, representation. 
adaptation of The War, considering the uh, writer, head writer and producer Graham uh, Rowland mm-hmm. is in Iraq and uh, served in the Marine Corps for six years. So, and they do, they also do have, I don't know, John, if you, if you, you ran into them, but they did have a lot of, uh, uh, like, experts in the field of espionage and yeah we had a cia consultant like the war on quite, quite yeah. often he was a nice guy okay. david cues i think that's promising yeah. that makes me feel better about life there's a couple <laughs> things that that happened in the show that really surprised me because honestly guys i was expecting this to be a complete zero of a show uh i don't, I don't know how much i can get into i don't think anybody would listen to it from from the production that would listen to the podcast to get me in trouble but there are things that happen behind the scenes that just led everyone to believe that this was going to be absolute garbage. And I don't think the critics are adoring this, but they Amazon seemed to like it, so we're getting a second season. They're filming it right now in New York and Columbia. It's the good. It's been positively reviewed. Uh, I've listened, like not listened. Sorry, I've read a few reviews about it. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's been all positive. Like word, the word of mouth I got. I have a very good friend of mine who works for Amazon Video. Uh, and she didn't work directly on this, but she's worked on other shows. And she she has told she's told me that the reviews were very very good and it's well received. Good. So. Well, what's funny is the building that I work in currently is the same building we filmed Jack Ryan. Right now we're filming a movie for Fox, and Amazon is such a it has just recently become the second ever company to be a trillion dollar company. I don't know if you guys heard the news. So Apple is a trillion dollar company, and now Amazon is a trillion dollar company. And so they have the weight of the world on them, and uh, every package that's going out for Amazon now, or most of them, have Jack Ryan written on the tape or on the box itself. They are on uh, web advertisements, they are on Google advertisements, that, so much so that I'm seeing memes people are tagging me in, because they know I worked on the show, of guys going to bed at night and John Krasinski's in bed with them. It's to represent, the joke of the meme is to represent that his face is everywhere, that they're just spending so much money advertising this show. Um, that's pretty crazy that they're spending that much money. They're really backing this show. I, I think they're backing what the show could become. I don't know that this show deserved the amount of money they're spending on advertising right now. Not, not to get too uh, inside baseball here. Just the way the way the way it works is Amazon Media and Amazon like is leveraging Amazon the company. And to, to to advertise, so it, it's not like they're, yeah, sure they're spending money, but it all goes to the same pockets, mm-hmm. you know. So, like they're using the reach of Amazon to just advertise the show, but in reality, whatever dollars are spending on that doesn't cost them anything because it's it's all part of the same conglomerate, right? So if you guys want to, like, they could do. Well, it's it's that that's why all these. I, I think a, a really interesting conversation to have one. One day would just be to kind of examine the the world of um, like media now and how it's changed in the last twenty years and where it's going to be in like the next ten or five because Apple and Amazon and Facebook and and all these companies get into the content game by you know original IP. Guys, I have friends that old have sold shows. And, They're buying like, anything right now. You, if you if you are a content creator, oh, go out there, pitch something. You have nothing to lose. 
No, no, 100%. And, the, you know, the, like all these companies, Netflix is making a ton of money, but they're also spending more than anyone else to get content. It's definitely a bubble uh, that's going to pop, though, because there's too many shows and not enough people watching them. So I don't know what's going to happen. But, 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 but that's the thing. Like that, the business model for old, like the old school business model for, uh, let's say, Fox Studios um, is like, yeah, that, that can't work because they need to make they need to make money off of like this movie. Whereas a comp- a trillion dollar company like Amazon or Apple, which everyone is, is strongly assuming is going to get into the content game and has the money right now to just buy Netflix straight up if they wanted to. Um, like they, they don't need to make money off of this. What they can do is use these, like they can use, say they buy Netflix, they can just use Netflix to get everyone to start using their iPhones more and make more money off of iPhones. The way, you know, Amazon doesn't necessarily need to make money off Jack Ryan, but, you know, they, it's just another service that they can get, that they can provide clients to just be prime users, right? Like, so maybe not everyone is spending $100 a year on Amazon Prime, but if they can get, you know, if it's just one more thing that Prime provides for them, then maybe they can get, you know, business away from Apple and Netflix if that ever happened. So that, that that's why these these companies are thinking about it. Phil, you mentioned Inside Baseball before. I have a funny anecdote for you guys. The building in which we filmed uh, Jack Ryan is the same building in which we're filming my current project, like I mentioned earlier. But Amazon Prime, uh, the actual uh, delivery service, the, the online shop, is advertising on their parcels and tape for their items. So we are receiving items for the current production I'm working on, which I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to disclose again until episode probably 97. <laughs> but <laughs> because they say Jack Ryan all around the box, people are getting confused because everyone in the building worked on Jack Ryan. So we're thinking that it's packages for the old season one Jack Ryan. Meanwhile, we're working for Fox and, and Jack Ryan's a Paramount entity. So we're just like, oh my God, what the hell's going on? And then people are like, no, that's the advertisement of Jack Ryan for the package. There was a day where this caused a shitstorm. <laughs> so if anybody from Paramount or Amazon is listening, it was hilarious to get a package written Jack Ryan in the studios that filmed Jack Ryan. That was that was something special. And we're probably the only podcast that will say that story. So I wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> uh, Greg, is there anything left you'd like to say about this uh, show? Nah, I'll, I'll finish episode two and see how I feel. But um, yeah, it's, it's really just not my genre when it comes down to yeah. it at the end of the day. But... Um, yeah, it was good. It was it was a good episode one. I I enjoyed it. It was great. The twist at the end, all of it was 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 a good ride. And I will say this too: uh, James Greer, the actor who played James Greer, uh, Wendell Pierce, was also on The Wire, one of the best shows in history. And thank you, Phil D, for turning me on to The Wire. You were the one that preached this show before anyone else did. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> first, folks, Phil D told everyone about The Wire before it was even po- popular. Um, Wendell Pierce is a big star if you know what he's been in and I was expecting this guy to be a complete asshole. In fact, when I was answering phones and doing shipping, he was kind of a pain in the ass. Then I went on set and I had a small one-line role and he treated me like a fucking king. 
he sat me down next to him. He talked about his barbecue cookouts that he was planning in New Orleans with his family. He was telling me the best place to get blood pudding and crawfish in New Orleans. This guy was a class act, so I really doubt he'll ever hear this, but for people out there that say that big stars or have their head up their ass, not this guy. Wendell Pierce was a star and an amazing person, and I uh, really appreciate you taking care of me that day, brother on set. So there you go. The Wire and Jack Ryan, Wendell Pierce. God bless. <laughs> it's time to vote, folks. All right, let's yeah, let's do this. Thing. Phil D, let's start with you, man. Making a beat. Making a beat. I can't. I can't. I can't give it more than one toot. That's okay, bro. <laughs> it was hard. It's just so hard. Uh, you know, it's. But what again? The the, the app that I used, uh, Beatmaker Go, is a great app. And I'm not ready to delete it from my phone just yet because I, I think there's some fun to still be had with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what would that mean in terms of voting? For three toots as a max, what would you say? You said one beat. Sorry, I'm so sorry. And so Jack Ryan, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. So for Jack Ryan, I'll, I'll give it a solid two toots. I, uh, I, I plan on continuing to watch it. Um, th- there are a lot of other shows that I'm enjoying right now, so that I, that I also need to catch up on. But it, it will be, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm like more than halfway through Ozark season two, so I want to finish that up. Up, and I think I'll put the you know Jack Ryan on on the back burner, but uh, simmering, so ready to be taken off. Nice and consumed soon. All right, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Phil D, he gives everything a shot. Mr. Greg Sam, <laughs> what are your votes? Uh, my votes for beat making is uh, a solid two toots. Um, had a great time, but at the same time, I had a miserable time. And I have nothing but respect for all the beat makers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think moving forward, I'm going to leave the beat making to them. And I'll save my uh, freestyling in the privacy of my own home <laughs> for myself. Nice, brother. Uh, <laughs> And then in terms of Jack Ryan, I will uh, also um, share the same sentiments as my uh, my um, co-pod mate Co- yeah. hey. um, <laughs> with a solid uh, two toots. It was a, a good show, um, or at least a good pilot. Um, nothing I hadn't seen before, but at the same time, a world that I uh, rarely visit. So... Um, I recommend at least checking it out and seeing if you you dig it. Hmm. Interesting. Very cool. I give uh, beat making three toots, a very, very surprising three toots. Did not expect to enjoy this. I think it was just the right place, right time, right app for me. Um, even today on my walk to my car, because my parking lot for where I park my car at work is quite far, I was playing beats on my phone. Not playing, pressing play. I was playing a beat. I was touching the drums and the bass line and recording. And this app has, for the moment, revitalized a creative part of me. And I really appreciate when anything does that for me, because these days my life is such a routine. So to break out of it with anything creative is always appreciative and encouraged. So three toots for that. And uh, whoever put that out there, guys, I don't know if it was me or Greg, but whoever put that on the Excel sheet. It was me. Yeah, thank you, man. Because um, honestly, just like Phil, I was worried about this one. This was going to be one that was uh, very intimidating to me. But I jumped the shark and I did it. As for Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, on a personal level, it was a very big pivot in my life. Going from actor slash waiter, as most actors are, 
for the shifts, uh, to the production side. So Jack Ryan, the job was three toots because it introduced me to a new way of life. Jack Ryan, the TV show, is a very generous two toots. So I'm going to match my pod mates. And that's me seeing all eight episodes, keep in mind, folks. I think Greg, oh, probably both of you, but Greg said it right where he said it's, it's done well and everyone should give it a try, but I think it's not for me. And uh, personally, guys, my best review of this would be it's 10 years too late. This should have been done in 2004, 2005 without John Krasinski, with somebody else, somebody scrawny, somebody that's small, because he's supposed to be a nerdy analyst that slowly becomes Jack Ryan the super spy, right? And eventually the president, if you haven't watched Air Force One. I hope Air Force One is... Get off my plane! <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's it, man. And, uh, you know, I'll always remember Jack Ryan. I'll always remember John Krasinski. Emily Blunt came to visit one day. She was hot as hell. <laughs> Um, yeah, and uh, it, it was it was an experience, guys. I got to tell you, there's so many stories I wanted to tell you, but I couldn't because I was contractually obliged not to. So maybe I'll sprinkle them here and there in our future pods now that I'm allowed to. But uh, this current thing I'm working on, I'll have a lot of stories for. <laughs> it's so juicy. I can't wait to tell our listeners what I'm working on right now. Not as an actor. Just, just a quick edit. Before we go, uh, Air Force One is yes, it's Harrison Ford, but he doesn't. Play oh, Jack Ryan. okay. So, I've been saying. So I, I don't know if Jack Ryan becomes. President. No, he he does become president. I know Jack Ryan does, oh, does become he? president, okay, but okay. I thought Air Force okay. One was a Jack Ryan movie, and I was mistaken. I'm sorry. No, it's, it, no, it's President James Marshall. Oh, in Air Force okay. One. Good to know. Good to know. Thank you very much for listening, folks. Uh, this is a, a a hobby, a project of love by us three. We're going on probably year three, almost year four, guys. I uh, the reason I'm saying this is because we just renewed our SoundCloud membership for another year. In previous years, we had a lot less going on. We were able to pump out 20 episodes in a year or something crazy like that. Obviously, if you're listening and you heard everything we said in the intro, our lives are getting crazier, our lives are getting busier, but it doesn't mean we forgot about you and it doesn't mean we don't want to try new things. It just means we have less time to do them. As a man is about to marry a woman and a woman is about to have a baby and another man is about to try and make his house function properly. (laughs) We are busy, but we are still tooting every time we can. So uh, from Johnny Saw, I want to thank you all for listening. And please get active on that social media for us. Give us, give us a chance to, to really show the, the masses out there. If you help us grow, we'll throw it back in the form of contests, T-shirts, beer mugs, whatever, what have you. So at the Tugcast on Twitter, at the Tugcast on Instagram, and TugcastMTL for the Gmail uh, account to send in recommendations. Or if you want to try a challenge for 72 hours, we'll read it on the air. We'll let you know. We'll let our viewers uh, know how you did on your challenge. So I'm signing off. My name's Johnny. And uh, as always, I got my beautiful code, co-patriots. I got uh, code podmates, podmates, like Greg said, Mr. Philip D. Good to be back, everyone. Good to be back. Yeah. And across the 401, super far away, but in the beautiful comfort of his engaged fiance, Mr. Gregory Sill. <laughs> Soon we'll be making another Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, guys, when you try something new, don't forget to tug your friends along. Toot toot! Cheers!